1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
2: So, you know, and and then on a day where it wouldn't be, Sully, you know, then we go through our normal directing of like, w- all right, we're going to go meet with Shannon. What's going on with Shannon today? Oh, Shannon's performing surgery on a fish. He's what? So then, you know, <laughs> like, what is <laughs> it's not even far-fetched? <laughs> that's, that's so believable. Like, believable, <laughs> oh It's absolutely God. the truth. <laughs>
0: Hey guys, this is Betty Goodman and you're listening to 2020. I'm here with my cohorts, cohorts, co- cohorts, comrades, cohorts. <laughs> Are you feeling loved today, Corey and Siobhan?
1: Feeling confused, as usual.
3: As usual. Confused yeah. <laughs> by my annunci. Hey, Sean. Right, well, before you totally derail yes. our intro, before anyone even listens, don't forget to subscribe. Like I've said always, 2020 yep. yep. com.
1: And we're super pumped to have back for part two our friend Jim Foster. Um, the creative director for Red Thirteen Studios, music video director, director of reality TV. Each shot Godsmack for a month. That sounded crazy. Yeah, he's he's got a he's got a pretty impressive resume. And uh, we, if you haven't heard part one, go back and check it out to kind of hear his backstory. But in this episode, we talk a little bit more about you know his creative process and how he goes about working on these uh, insanely like projects. Do you think he knows projects. how to
0: do operations on fish because of Shannon
1: Larkin after filming it? Well that's just uh, that's a little play. teaser of what you have to expect in the, in this episode. This <laughs> fish fish surgery. I'm confused. Fish surgery and uh, all sorts of other fun things. So uh, we'll we'll get right into it. Here's part 2 with Jim Foster. Hello and welcome back to another episode of 2020. My name is Corey Peza here, as always, with Siobhan and Ben, and we're so glad to welcome back our friend Jim Foster, music video director and, and just video director in general, and uh, founder of Red Thirteen uh, Studios. Thank you for coming back.
0: Also Thanks, directs man. the NeuroticGuitarist dot com. Soon to be uh, loving yeah, the fast lane.
2: <laughs> oh yeah! Tell him about it,
0: Benny. Tell him about it.
1: <laughs> why don't Why don't you Why don't we give you the floor? Why don't you guys talk about the uh, the creation of the neurotic guitarist here, yeah.
2: from my point of view, or from Ben's? Because That's I never get to speak. We only have an hour, so just yours. <laughs> yeah, for, from my point of view, I I personally wanted to do something to fuck around with guitars because I'm not playing that much, but I Ben can attest this, this is a weird love for old. Wood, guitars, like there's something about the wood, it just it's weird. I can't We I, we
0: respect wood. It's a strange thing. It's the so only weird. people who respect wood. And Jim, like listen, Jim and I talk in nothing but reverb listings sometimes.
2: But and any given day, me and Ben together probably burn four hours on reverb looking at the same <laughs> bullshit, unaware of each other for real. But so I had this I just wanted to do it and I figured like I had this different person in mind and, and I'm not saying like I created the idea. It really did fall together. Me and Ben together, like completely natural. But I, I talked about this other person. I know that had a bunch of guitars and, and his personality is kind of rough, but he doesn't get it at all. And it was like, that's just going to be a waste of my time. And the first time me and Ben just decided like, fuck around, it was literally like an hour with the camera, we made 20 stupid videos that were like two minutes or whatever. But immediately it was like, all right, this really stinks. But the idea, the catalyst, like the the fuse that was lit is really cool and it does the thing that we both love. But to
0: even downplay some of those videos, some of those first videos are still some of our best videos. Like uh, Kemper, uh, who we love Kemper, uh, they uh, posted our video. And this is one of the very first videos we did, which I'm still very proud of because I, I, I agree with all the sentiment. And it. Um, it, it is it, as the video of the decade. And I was like, are you shitting me? And then Jackson Guitars. Like, this is another thing. Like, again, you know, Jim and I aren't the greatest guitarists in the world. We always say it. You know, we don't play it the best. But like, when would Jackson Guitars give a shit about me? But they fucking posted me talking about the shit not even properly. And people were like, yay! And, and it's because Jim, and I appreciate this because he, he believed in me right from the beginning. He's like, this guy's a fucking mess. But if I could focus the mess in the right way and then capture said mess, maybe people will want to watch it. And it's funny because if you do the statistics of who watches it, it's like only Jewish white guys from 38 to 40 years old, men from like Hudson, Massachusetts. And it's like, oh, well, we know our fucking target audience. Well, yeah, because I appeal to me. And that's about it.
2: But to Ben's credit, like if you give Ben three minutes, he, he will tell a full story, a beginning, middle and end. He, he understands the arc when he bullshits like he might derail your conversation for no reason every once in a while. But when he means what he's saying, he's going to tell a story. And if you give him 20 minutes, well, he's going to do what a comic does, actually, and tell a story and and by the end of it, tie it all together with the one final line. It's like the punchline. And he has a natural way of doing that. And I was like, well, nobody else can do that. And and it is something you learn. You know, we're learning. We're just fucking around, to be honest. But the reality is, like, we get the cool things happen. Like, we have cool guitars. Ben, right now, today, dropped off Jason Becker's Numbers guitar with Nina Strauss. You know, she's on tour and playing with Alice Cooper. I'm going to grab one. And, and <laughs> she's going to play the guitar. And Ben facilitated that. And you know, that's actually epic and it's gonna, you know, it's gonna turn a few heads, but that's just one thing. Like, I don't know what, what he's going to get, but we have a bunch of Les Paul's guitars and the other ones. I was
0: gonna say, well, it's funny cause you know, I'm, I'm gonna talk about this one. This is one of the last Les Paul's that Les Paul actually used. And it's funny because, what's well, not funny because I know what some people are thinking. Yeah, I changed the strings and I put the strings right here and it sits on top of my desk. But yeah, this is Les Paul's last gold top Les Paul with all the customizations and all the crazy shit. And it's gotten to a point where like, I don't want to say like we're spoiled and phased back to the phase thing, but like we are so lucky, like to think that Jim and I get to be like, okay, so we're going to go shoot Alice Cooper. In fact, Live Nation's going to shoot Alice Cooper for us instead because it's COVID. And uh, Nina Strauss, one of the greatest living guitarists, is going to go on stage and just play the guitar and uh, she's going to actually say something to the crowd for Jason because the thing is with Jason Becker and and, and so everyone understands with the neurotic guitarist is we've raised help with the people that we're involved with help raise a lot of money but we now want to raise more of awareness and bring attention to the story and one of the things that Jason has made very clear is that he wants his guitars to continue to inspire and make music so like I have the funnest job now it's like can I call and see if I could get it on stage with Alice Cooper and we did thanks to Steve fucking Wood our British ambassador Steve Wood calls Alice's manager immediately and then talks to Tomry Henriksen, like the one other guitar player that I, we didn't know, not the, the not Ryan Roxy, the one not from Scotland, not Sweden or Sweden, or something like that. And he was like, well, this is right up Nita Strauss's alley as I knew it would be. And then Nita was like, yeah, tell me flat. We'll play, I'll play any fucking song because she loves Jason Becker. Jason Becker loves her. We're just—it's a love fest. Did she say a- that
2: though? Did she say yeah? Telling me flat? <laughs> yeah, she did. She said E flat. All right, cool. So, but uh, now I've got to get the fuck. So, but now, you know, cool little things are happening because there's there's like a uh, you know, if you wanted to go into that creative flow, once you get a couple of people on something mentally, you're starting to create things that never existed. And if you understand like real creativity and like, you know, you can call it magic, you can call, you know, you can bring up that Shannon lock and devil shit, or if you want, that is something you can control and, 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 and guide. And, you know, if, if you're like minded and you guys are on the same team and there's no bullshit involved, you can really do anything you want. It's really that simple. Like, look at the Beatles. That's that's how I know this works. You know, you just got to surround yourself with the right people and completely and quickly eliminate the ones that fuck it up.
0: Make sure Ringo Starr is the worst drummer in the band.
2: Yeah, how good you are doesn't matter. It's your attitude and what you bring to the team. I, I really believe that.
3: Yeah, no, Because well, it's been a hard
0: guy. day's night.
3: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) no that's great advice and uh, you know i want to continue talking about video and the creative process but you're also obviously an entrepreneur in a lot of ways you built a studio you've hired people you've known how to surround yourself with the right people um is that something that you kind of always had an instinct for? Did you have, have any hard lessons to learn or, you know, h- how did you understand who to surround yourself with, how to find the right people? I, I feel like that's difficult. I mean, everything sounds easy the way you describe it. You know, everything sounds like uh, it naturally, but. No,
2: it was really bad for a long time. It really was. But here's the way I kind of put it in for me, when I focus on music, I really, I I feel like my creativity is such a high level. It's unbelievable. Like I'm floating, and everything else in my life shits the bed this is i'm old enough to know the loop and how it works i'm very happy making music nothing honestly probably makes me happier everything else falls apart because i don't care about anything else when i'm writing and recording i just don't care And I don't want to stop and I don't want to answer the phone and I don't want to hear anyone's problems and people in your life don't want to hear that. And I, you know, they shouldn't have to hear it, but that's what happens to me when I do music, I fucking love it. And I'm just in, so I really, I can't do it. So, but when I'm doing someone else's project, You know, I'll work. I don't mind working 20 hours in a day, but when it's done, it's done. You know, it's over. And that's a way different feeling. And it's that's more about time management and being an adult to me, not necessarily as fun.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I'm still trying to figure out how to be an adult and manage my time. But so, Jim, I'm very curious about something because you told me at one point that Tommy
0: Lee said that you made the best meatballs. So my first question is, why have you never made me meatballs? And secondly, when did Tommy Lee judge your meatballs? And what I guess gives Tommy Lee the license to think that he should judge balls made of meat?
3: That's three questions.
2: Jesus, where do I? That's a lot to unpack, Ben. As you get ripped, <laughs> um, uh, well, a friend of mine's in the Motley Crew camp, Viggy, and uh, I actually met him through Godsmack doing some of these backplate videos or whatever. And every time. The crew would come. This was for many, many years. Every time the crew would come to town, Viggy wanted to be paid that original time I worked with him in meatballs because he's just fucking giant of a man, <laughs> and uh, he's just like one of those bald giant road dogs that you've seen on stage so many times before. But ever since then, it, the crew would come to town. And be like, yo, Big Vig. I, I'm gonna. I bring him a uh, an igloo cooler with a giant container of meatballs, some Parmesan cheese, a bottle of red hot and a whole bunch of those sub hoagie rolls. And I, I I drop it off. We shoot the ship for a little while. He gives me my passes. We go have a blast and you know, then we hang out or whatever, but this has happened forever. And then, uh, yeah, I know Ben's looking at me like yeah so one time I, I, I dropped my meatballs off of fucking Paul and Gene because they were playing with Motley Crue too Kiss was uh, playing with them so yeah Paul and Gene or Paul at the very least I know for a fact enjoyed my meatballs
0: <laughs> I feel like that would be a Paul Stanley kind of thing to
2: enjoy balls in his mouth
0: yeah baby <laughs> is it hotter than hell in
3: here
2: Yeah. so that's the tale of the magic in your igloo,
3: meatballs Cooler.
2: <laughs> <laughs> kind of a weird story.
3: Oh my God. <laughs> kind well, of a weird show. Uh, yeah, it is a weird show. <laughs> well, and I, I wanted to ask. So, in part one, we kind of went sort of all over your career path, but we've kind of left a hole. You sort of started how you, you, you told us how you got started and, you know, alluded to some of the bigger projects you've done recently. Uh, maybe we can fill in some of the middle. Um, you know, at what point did you kind of get Uh, Some of the bigger, more high profile projects in the in the video world. Like, was there some some something that you did or a video you produced that kind of led to another really big thing? I'm curious about that path for you.
2: Yeah, actually, it was pretty cool because a friend of mine, Dale Restigini, who is actually from Framingham, the town I'm in now, I was actually born in Framingham. He is a legend music video director he's got billions of views i think he's at four or five billion views right now he does high level hip-hop videos and 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 just insane amounts of uh metal videos but uh randomly he randomly i forget how he got my number he called me up i'm going to be in framing him doing an unearth video i want to do it in your place and it turned into me co-directing the unearth video with him because he had to run so i ended up you know finishing it up for him after the shoot and uh from there he just started feeding me i started writing treatments for some of the biggest videos in the world i didn't necessarily get them but doing that work at that level with all those people breathing down your neck like fucking crazy all the time it is endless it's so intense it's absolutely awesome but that I started making a bunch like uh, that video that we talked about that I made with Ben in it. That was a Dale video uh, rage. Uh, and that kind of just and, by the way, just so everyone knows it
0: has. A, I want to say it's close to 20 million views just on that video. So like I joke around, but like it, it, Jim and I just fucking around like it's 20, 20 million views. So yeah. like there's that. So like, the, you know, whether you love him or hate him, he's doing something. <laughs>
2: so you know that's that was the catalyst though it was rage this hip-hop director that's from my town he lives in la and jersey and uh he's just a badass and he's he has been super supportive of me and he's he still is and it just was one of those little jump starts where uh Actually, come to think of it, it was he. I I wanted to meet him because I knew what he was doing, so I was pretty intense in like sending him messages and just being like, you know, those little kiss ass things. Like, Can you hey, put man. him in your top ten in, on MySpace. I don't even know what the fuck that means. <laughs> but so after a while, though, he was just like, "All right, kid, you know what's going on. You got a space to film," and that kind of just started that off. But there was so many high level videos, um, and 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 I wrote for him. And, and did some a lot of editing and, and some shoots um, but it was all all high levels all you know stuff that was labeled stuff in a or B bands and that went for a couple of years and I just couldn't take it anymore because I, I wasn't the boss you know it's not that i care about being the boss but i want to make sure things are done the way i want i don't want my crew stressed out i want everybody to have fun like there's like there's a thing that happens on my crew everybody's always happy if they're not we really did some fuck because i i can't remember a shoot for the most part where everybody's not just having a blast because that's it's too easy to do that you should be having fun you're there for a reason.
1: So without you don't have to give any specifics but can you give an example of the opposite of that and what and the issues you had working on the other productions?
2: Um well I worked with Ben knows a mutual friend of ours I I was kind of business partners in it and it kind of was a catalyst for me starting all this stuff. Um, we were doing some pretty cool stuff working with some high level bands but the attitude was so off-putting that I just I can't all right like the way I put it is like I have resting bitch face and I might come off like a twat but I'm not like inside I'm like this is really cool like yeah. so 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 when I come off when I come against like a real twat I can't I can't fuck off like I have no time for that so you know that partner of mine it just it was like oil and water and that's when I, I made firm decision like I'm not doing that anymore I'm not working with people who suck but like, what, what, what about the, that process and, and doing the production was the issue? If you, if you can't find it in yourself to get along with someone so they can do a better job for this small amount of time, then you're not the right so, guy. So for it's it, just you know? personality? It's, yeah, it's all personality. Yeah. That's what I was going back to earlier. Like, It doesn't matter if you're necessarily talented. If you like, I have some people on set that they job are dude!
0: Can we talk about Kamal? Because like his job we have a is guy, vibe. His job is yeah, vibe. He makes Kamal, people happy. So let me know? let me tell you what it was like. So first off, Kamal. So we were shooting The neuronic Guitarist, uh, our television show, which Jim has aptly and fucking brilliantly named Love in the Fast Lane, and we went out to, to, to Las Vegas to shoot the first episode, the pilot, and um, we stayed with Paul Geary, and his house, uh, our friend Paul Geary who's been on the show, you know, a manager extraordinaire, and you know, he has some unbelievable stories and great guitars, and it was just a fucking great place, and while Jim and Kamal were in the air, we weren't going to like be an imposition where we're like, "Hey, can they stay at your house?" Despite the fact he lives in a porn-like mansion, like, but we weren't going to ask. And like, he's in the air. He's like, "Wait." So Jim, Jim did the Godsmack thing, and then uh, oh Kamal. And the thing is, is that Kamal knows everybody. So while they were in air, Paul was like, "No, you gotta let them uh, cancel your hotel room. Have them come stay here." Have them come stay here. And like Kamal walks in and they have a, an adopted dog, that a rescue dog that like, you know, barks at everybody. And Kamal just walks in and he's like, I am friends with you, dog. And the dog like quiets down and like looks at him. and He like looks at the dog and it's like licking his hand. And you're just like, within like seconds, everyone's just totally at peace. The dog's at peace. I'm at peace. Like Paul, his wife Jean's just like, I don't know why who are you? And he's like, I love dogs. Goodbye. And that's just come on. And it doesn't even matter that he can fucking shoot like a goddamn Jedi. He literally is just like, all is well in this world. You can't be mad when you're in the room with him.
2: Yeah, that's where we come from. Even though, but we'll also be like, hey, why don't you go fuck yourself? <laughs> so it's a fine line. You can, yeah. you know, but we have great, crew and you know kamal's a great example because he's he works for some of the notoriously most difficult rock stars in the world and he doesn't Uh, unbelievable
0: the people that seem to like him yeah like you have tom schultz from boston which look i love tom schultz he's a fucking hero of mine but he's notorious dare i say fastidious and like kamal does something very technical and i feel like knowing tom schultz and how technical he is and how technical he's always been like how could he possibly work for this guy for a long time? But Kamal's not only friends with them, he's friends with his wife. He takes like funny pictures. Like they're buds. And it's like, how? And then, like, Godsmack, you know, like, look, I met Sully. He's like looked through my soul 16 times. Like, he's not the easiest guy to get along with. He's an amazing singer. He shits out hits. Like, I fucking, God bless that guy. Kamal is just like, oh, he's great. He's he's awesome to me. And he's just, he flies my dog on fr- private planes. And but really? And then Nuno, I love Fucking Nuno, Nuno doesn't love me. But then I sent him a picture of Nuno fucking playing. He's like, "Oh yeah, when I was in Nuno's living room, that's his living room." I'm like, "I was just there Wednesday," and I'm like, "How?"
2: All right. <laughs> 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 yes, Kamal is a wonderful man. But that—that's the essence of the crew. The, the crew is designed to make the people in 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 the production at ease that's the whole point because we're you know we're capturing stuff but it only comes down to emotion feelings um being comfortable or capturing shit that's real or you're wasting your time everybody knows when something's awkward or fake so that's you know you gotta you gotta blend in and that's what we do
3: Yeah. That's, that's gotta be so much of the art. And, you know, obviously I'm on, we're on the audio side for the most part, but it's the same thing. It's when you're being produced in the studio. If you, if you're being encouraged or you've got a good vibe or you're in the right headspace, you get a completely different product than if it's stress and craziness or whatever, you know? So it's, that's, that's gotta be a huge part of it too. Mm, It's everything. Yeah.
2: Imagine being, imagine having a tough day on video while you're filming in the studio while they're having a tough day. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I love, I
0: love, um, I love when um Anne Marie Siobhan's mom comes to the studio because she'll bring the dog, and then one of my favorite quotes ever is like she was doing takes of something and we were layering things and she's like, "Why won't you play a song all the way through?" <laughs> and she's like, mom, "This is not how it works," and I'm like. I can understand why you might be stressed right now. And like, meanwhile, I have cats. So the dog, I guess, wasn't appreciated. I love, I love Pino. Super. And and they actually surprisingly got along with the dog. So like Anne-Marie was just like, I told you. And I'm like, this is not, that's not okay though. But she came down and she was just like, why aren't you doing, aren't aren't you doing? And like Siobhan, poor Siobhan was all stressed out. But if you're there, you wake up in the morning, and give her some coffee. She has some, I have some coffee. We go downstairs. We wake up. She shits out excellence, literally. She's just like you'll be like by one o'clock in the afternoon. She's like, "Are there any songs left on this record I need to do?" And you're like, "I guess not." <laughs> okay.
3: Yes. Yep. Great, great stories. Yeah. Well, <laughs> me, kind I of, can, oh, go ahead, Corey. Go on. Well, go
1: one one of the things that I wanted to get into on this this episode, and just just to kind of get a little more of a peek behind your creative process. Um, so when you get you know, approached for a project can you kind of go through like let's just say like a music video um at, at a higher level uh like what is like step one uh through th- through the finished product for you and like what's what's an average time frame for something like that
2: i'll get i'll talk about what just happened with the chris daughtry stuff because it's it's so fresh to me but um my producer who's glenn mungo who has mungo creative in manhattan um he has He's he's the drummer for Lansdowne, and my partner is the guitar player in Lansdowne, So we do a lot of cross, you know, jobbing, whatever you want to say. He's the producer on this, and he called. He said, "I just I just got a call from the label, and they want you know a rock video. They wanted to have a live situation." He gave me the rundown of the video for this particular video. There's no story, so it made it kind of easy. Each each guy on my team has literally toured for years filming high-level concerts so this whole idea was just like no-brainer for us personally so we just went there we did some work with the 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 lighting director because he did an amazing job of programming the lights for the video which just made my job so much easier and then from that point though i mean imagine You're going to work with like a top 50 artist, a dude that sold 10 million records and management tells you, you get three hours with the entire band in the middle of the day. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, that's, that's cool. So as long as everyone's playing along, that three hours is going to be intense and awesome. And I don't care. So and that's exactly what happened. We had to end at five o'clock because they were opening doors. I'm telling you, the last take was done rolling at five o'clock in 15 seconds. Like it was unbelievable. But from there, um, part of this video, it it was a rush job. The the song actually dropped on Friday. Uh, I don't know what world we're in here. Marvel Universe as far as a couple weeks back. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) but the the song dropped on friday which was um seven days the, the after, friday
0: from nuno's birthday Yeah,
2: exactly seven days after the shoot which for music and we were traveling um and we had to get it to color the our colorist in new york city so that left you know i mean saying that you have three days to edit a video at that level is like ridiculous and if if and it was actually incredibly easy because everybody grabbed everything. So it was so well captured that it wasn't really an issue, but you know, that's not typical. A lot of times you'll have a a bunch of lead up where you have to rework your story with the artist and you'll have to get different people involved on your team to do certain production bits. So, you know, I have a few producers, so there's a lot of different, shit is just going on constantly. It's not, there's no one way to do it, really. It's always a little different.
1: Yeah, and generally, like, so for, you know, like more of like a narrative or storyline type of video, uh, do you always start with like a treatment or do, does the artist generally come in with, with their idea or, you know, how what's, what's the, the percentage of, the, of, you know, your vision versus the artist for a video like that?
2: If the artist doesn't have a vision, I don't even want to do it. I really don't, because how, how can an artist not know what they want? I just find that to be fun. Do you run Do you run into that? Yeah. And, th- and and then that's when that's why when you go to YouTube and you'll see any there's tons of great directors that have average videos out there because the artist wasn't driving them to be great or or even more like they just didn't how is someone going to put their heart into something they had no idea that they didn't envision? They couldn't go to bed and and freak out over the night before. Like that's all part of it. So I only like working with artists that truly almost to an annoying level want what they want and they're not going to settle for anything. I like that. They're pains in the asses, but I really like it because that team vibe and the, and the overall, like always better always yeah
0: but then can you blame them later like if it sucks you're like well yeah you told me to get that fucking angle it's your fucking fault blame doesn't work it doesn't work
2: yeah no you can't blame anyone in this business because ultimately the artists if something doesn't work they they take the hit And, and sure maybe the next time you won't get a job or something but there's the blame like you can't blame people you either own up to it and fix it or you don't do it again like that that's all there is you know yeah, blame's tough.
1: <laughs> it is. Um, what's the standard like uh, edit look like for you um, in terms of turnaround? Like, what's your average kind of time?
2: I have two videos right now from an artist down in Alabama that I, I started over the summer. And the first video took like almost a month to edit. And then the second one probably took like three or four weeks. But this is going back. Way back to what Siobhan was saying earlier, like time management, I might have only put in, you know, 16 hours on a certain week because I was just feeling it, those 16. And I'm telling you, I'll just walk away if I'm not feeling it because I know I'm wasting my time and I'm just going to, you know, and then there's magic times where I'll do a whole bunch of work and I'm completely in such a zone that I come back the next time. I'm like, how the fuck did that get done? <laughs> like, I don't even remember doing it. And that's amazing. You know?
3: Yeah. I totally relate to that. So if there's an instance where you're not feeling it, what do you do? Cause I think for me, that's a hard thing to deal with where it's like, I know that I have to get something done by a certain time. And I'm just really struggling through. I have this available block of hours and I'm not coming up with anything. How do you deal with that? Is there something you do to, help spark the creativity or how do you, yeah. How do you manage that?
2: Well, luckily I'll probably have something waiting that I will be feeling, you know, hmm. as, as a general rule, there's enough. I'll, I'll have, um, you know, because I'm doing media for my company as well, I'll have like photos or, or internal videos I have to put out. I'll have six music video clients. I'll have some like branding clients and it's, all of them need a little bit of time and they're all so different that, you know, I there's
3: yeah. enough variation. Yeah. You can yeah. Do something else.
2: Yeah. You can have a death metal video and then like a, and then a, like a Tom Brady sneaker commercial. You know what I mean? Like they're not the same. They take a the different headspace.
1: So what about like, like deadlines? Like, does that, is that a motivator for you? Like if you can't step away, like are you able to yeah. say, fuck it's, it's got to get done.
2: You know, it's got to get done got to get done. I will never stop until it's done ever. Like and until I know that, let's say I, if I know I have eight hours tomorrow, I will not stop until I know I have eight hours of work that I could finish in that eight hours because the deadline's everything to me. I don't know why it's the only thing that stresses me out. <laughs> fucking hate that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking great.
0: That's great, dude. So w- let me ask you this. When did you learn how to sing like an angel? Because I, I guess, I never pictured it, but like, so, again, I judge a lot of people by the music they don't release, but Jim sings cover songs, really high level, in fact, he does some holy territory, you you sent me season, uh, Seasons of Wither by Aerosmith, and you do a... Steven Tyler that's so convincing that if you had told me it was like an actual bootleg of Aerosmith other than the fact that like it's not as good as Aerosmith like I would be like that's fucking right and then you sent me uh Fleetwood Mac and I'm like holy shit this sounds fucking right on When did you realize that you were like a vocal
2: chameleon Well I'm a vocal coach I'm a vocal producer I can bleh, and then no, and I'll, I'll do whatever it takes to make that sound right. So you, <laughs> you you don't see me on the on the stage at the TD Garden singing Aerosmith songs because it's not the same. Like I can make myself sound any way I want, just like anybody can. But it's a whole nother thing to stand there in front of people and actually kill it like that, you know, that's true. Yeah. That's
0: fucking, that's that, that's true. But well, that's a really interesting skill to be able to hear because <clears throat> you, you alluded to something because you said anyone can, but not really. There are a lot of people who try to sing all their lives who can't sing. Nevertheless, like nail early 70s Steven Tyler tone. Like you actually do. Like I, I give you credit. I, I think I even... Uh, I forget. I think I had played it for Paul Geary or something. And he was like, wow. Like surprised that like it actually sound sounded as authentic. And I think it's very interesting, especially as a producer, because I feel like the more you learn how to hear, the more you figure out how to replicate it yourself. So it's like the same thing, like with my guitar tone, I could never play like Van Halen, but I can make my rhythm guitar for a second sound like Van Halen. And I feel like that's the skill. Do you, do you feel like... But you say everyone can do it. So you think anyone could learn how to sing like Steven Tyler if you just try to blah
2: enough? Yeah, I do. Because that's not like (laughs) singing like Freddie Mercury. You know what I mean? And and no, obviously I'm being a little facetious, but, you know, Steven Tyler is... Dream on, dude. He has a sound in his voice. It's not necessarily some magical thing. He's born with that. Like, that's his sound. So there's nothing he can do about it. That's just the way he sings. So being Steven tower is no big deal. And and if you want to copy him, it's like one of those weird comedian dudes that like copies fucking people's voices. It's the same skill. It's just a. it's it's a it's it's being able to jump over. It's like that guy really in high. journey. What guy the With guy from like on the wall? Th-
0: no, the guy from like Thailand or wherever the. Fuck oh, yeah, from. exactly. From journey. Exactly. Yeah, I, 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 if you close your eyes, it's like you know it's open Steve arms. Perry. It's like yeah. Steve Perry, but 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 if you open your eyes, you're like, hey, what the fuck? What it is like, it, <laughs> like? It's it's really weird. It's like a deselect demo. It's like it wait looks like there this was a wax. Not,
2: it was a wax Steve Perry that somebody put over near the heater. Like <laughs> oh it my- things out right. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Cherry. Yeah, but yeah, kind of like some people are adept at copying. But to go back to what Benny said earlier, like he mentioned like copying van halen fuck that like there is a certain when ben plays guitar there's a ben way that anyone that knows his playing will be like oh that's a ben way like i i go Corey for that knows. i go for that like i i consider myself pretty bad but when i'm playing with the band like i got my shit together like my groove is there so i'm i'm t- totally confident with that it's my way i'm not copying anybody that's the important stuff that really is. Who cares if, like, I say it for the 10th time, but who cares if you suck as long as you're cool doing it? You know? <laughs> I mean, like,
0: Jimmy Page has been riding that to the bank for years, right?
2: Absolutely.
0: Everyone's like, boo, cancel him, cancel
2: him. What?
0: <laughs> Jimmy Page is the hackiest guitarist since Alex Lyson. All right, we're done. <laughs> we're done.
3: Well, well. speaking of having a voice, let's let's take it back to the video realm. You know, what do you consider kind of your voice or your aesthetic when it comes to your videos? Is there something that's consistent across all projects, whether it's a style or an angle? And I, I apologize that I don't know enough about videography, but it, is there something that's kind of your signature when it comes to the projects you do in the video side?
2: Um... <sighs> I mean, if you're looking at all the videos, a lot of them tend to be vibrant and poppy and like sharp or whatever. Uh, There's a lot of funky colors. I, I don't know. Really? That's not really on purpose. I guess that's like, if you look at some of my metal stuff, there's even the same weird colors in it. So I don't know. I really, I guess it's like, I like modern poppy aesthetic, but I also like dirty camera work and, and, and I love modern, uh, the stuff that, that's very modern, like modern B-roll and all these things that the kids are doing now. I fucking love it. So I try to put all those little things in there, too. But you, it, it's weird. It's almost like being an old guy, like wearing like the Adidas jumpsuit to the, to the to, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like there's something about it. Like it's like a little disingenuous. But overall, I just want to be like crystal clear and poppy. I kind of like that modern look you know so you mentioned
1: the modern look like what are you doing uh for inspiration like where are you finding inspiration for different uh you know ideas and ways to stay current are you just watching whatever's you know the top in the
2: charts at that moment you, you played me a badass ramshine video the other day that oh, was fucking shit. ridiculous dude can we talk about that i can't even i honestly if you want to talk about that to me i played him Ramshine's uh, deutschland video it's the fucking greatest music video have ever you seen made. that Corey? It's on un- fucking real. I absolutely
0: beg of you of, of your time after this to just to take the nine minutes and 37 seconds because it's that long because the credits are still better. The credits for this video are better than any video you've
2: seen. From yeah, the other band. it's unbelievable. I mean, I, if, if it's it, it is a movie. They made 300 into a music video and then they expanded on it so hard. It's it's just fucking incredible. But yeah, good call on that one. That that's a great way to put it. Like I love that video so much that if I could as far as music videos go, if I could rip that music video off every time with that production and stuff, I would be so happy. Yeah.
0: Well, because the thing is with that Rammstein video, so everyone knows, it's it's beautifully shot. It's shot in a super wide aspect rate ratio, where uh, so people know like when your film is thinner with the black lines, like you see all those Star Wars films, and you're like, I want it thinner than George Lucas. That's like the Rammstein video, so it's already really thin, so it looks like it's professional. And, but the thing is is that they go, and you don't know if it's done on a green screen, if it's done with a set. Uh, and it's like constantly going from so many different techniques, but it's beautiful shot, but the subject matter is so poignant that you don't even have to understand German. Which, to know what they mean with the song, which is very very powerful video because like the like the subject matter is it's it's offensive to a lot of people but like they're making a very powerful statement but the other thing is too is that Rammstein is perfect music that their example that you could really do anything that looks awesome to their music and it's going to be fucking badass because their production is so ridiculous that you could just have like explosions in time and it would be like this is the best video ever
2: yeah if you have an aesthetic and you have a great storyline and you have a daring band or artist who's willing to do wild shit, but not be stupid about it. Then you're you, you got something, you know, you, you could very well have magic. But that video to me, I mean, I, that sums it up. That's like the greatest to me. It's not really a music video, though. It's a fucking movie. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah.
0: How about Thriller? Is that a music video or is that a movie?
2: Yeah, it's a movie. I think it's a movie. It's pretty cool. I mean, it's corny as shit, but it's cool at the time. <laughs>
0: Well, when it was it always to- number two on MTV. Number two. It was never number one.
3: What was always number one? It, well, well, I mean, because Kurt Cobain killed
0: himself, it was like, it was smells like Teed spirit for a few years. I mean, it changes because like every, t- like everything that you see, like the greatest guitars of all time. And then all of a sudden it's like St. Vincent, which by the way, I love St. Vincent. So like, like, she should be on it. unless I made that up, but like, uh, it always changes. So like, how does it go from like Eddie Van Halen when he's dead to fucking Kurt Cobain when he's dead, to like, you know, it's just, it, it, every year. It's, and, and that's an opinion anyway. It's just subjective. So like, I don't give a flying fuck what anyone thinks anyway. Like, it will always be Ingve Malmsteen's The Greatest Guitarist Ever. So like, that's just the end of the story. <laughs>
3: well let's jim let's get back to you so when what what is the ideal project for you like what what is your absolute favorite thing to work on because obviously you have a huge variety of projects that you do all the time what what, what's kind of your preference at the moment
2: i like being on set but i i have a lot of uh reality tv things going on right now and for some reason that's pretty exciting it's cool to uh it's cool to envision an entire scenario and put, you know, all these little bits together. It's even better when you have people that want to play into those creatively and, and make little bits with it. For some reason right now, reality TV is really working. Multi-camera story based. um, Yeah.
1: What's your hard drive budget for those? Like how much footage do you have on?
2: I I had to go buy a hard drive today. It's that (laughs) it never stops. It's really actually, it's, I feel well, like
0: it's not even just about the hard drive space because you get a 14 terabyte for 260 bucks at Best Buy. It's about the speed now. It's about that the fact time. like like what you're sitting, what you're sitting, well because you know time is money, right? So when Jim's trying to transfer files from the A7 Mark 17 that we have, right? And he's like, we got the super fast card, but then you're limited by a 5400 spinner. He's like, dude, why do you have the SSD? And then it's like, if you look at a 14 terabyte SSD, first off, it doesn't exist. Secondly, like a four terabyte is like $8,000. You're like, why? And it's because it's this small. And it goes like, boop, done, bye.
2: Yeah, I have hundreds of hard drives. Yeah, for sure. I really do.
3: Oh my God. So
1: on a project like that, especially like, you know, you mentioned doing like like the Godsmack reality show where you're shooting over months and months. What's the like organizational process on something like that?
2: It's fucking incredible it's so incredible because when you have you'll have two or three shooters going through two or three cards with a card for three or four or five or six lavaliers and you might have four locations in a day and you have to at the you can't do it then you have to do it all at the end of the day and then you have to wake up extra early make sure those cards are cleared those batteries are charged and you're ready to like run around in like for for god smack it, it was in southern florida i mean it was 100 degrees every day
3: oh yeah, yeah.
2: For sure so like in this you know this might just
1: be because i you know i do <laughs> video and i'm familiar just with the the this, the storage for lost symphony alone and all the footage we got you know in studio is more than i ever want to deal with again so this is why i'm like fascinated by this when you are you know dumping your footage at the end of the day like are you do you already have notes on the files that you need to access or like if something happened that was interesting like or is that something you have to sort through on the back end Um, like how do you organize that
2: (laughs) all right i actually i i'm not joking when i say i actually keep that in my mind but i think that's terrible because who's going to pick up that if i'm not around the fix it you know so that's terrible but i do a lot of frame i o have you ever used that yeah yep yeah so so all all the work is going back and forth on frame i o all the notes um even projects i'm loading on frame i o for for those of you that
1: anyone listening or watching it's it's basically like (laughs) it's kind of like a uh i don't know not because it cloud-based like you can share information on a project and make notes and and story you can do like uh storyboarding and things like that and all you know you probably you've used it probably more in depth than i have but if you want to just like just for anyone listening it's just a way to organize video production wait
0: why aren't you using your iphone like kirk hammett where you can just like get all your riffs
2: in one place i am i'm using frame io on my iphone but so, but it uploads files five times quicker. It's like a FTP or whatever also. So, you know, if I have 200 gig at the end of a day and I really got to put it there because someone's got to get it in another place, that's kind of how I manage it. And then from there, any changes that get made, we'll just, we'll throw our um, Adobe project files, our, our premier project files in there and we share those. We can't do that unless everybody has all the same, plugins and same programs which we're lucky that they do but so that's that's kind of how we facilitate teams doing bigger things you know
3: so let me ask you about reality so filming a reality show maybe we can use the god smack uh, example how how much directing are you like like what is the storyboarding process like for that because it's obviously kind of like a long format thing and things might be changing if it's reality tv how do you kind of project where you want it to go or is there any level of coaching involved in, you know, getting certain scenarios to happen? I, I'm just kind of curious about the behind the scenes of, of reality TV. What's that like?
2: Well, with the crew, we make everything a process that's repeated. It's just, these diesel, like the way Sally would put it, it's like film one-on-one. Don't make me fucking say it again. <laughs> so once, once the process is there, once it's done, like, don't deviate unless the situation makes you. So, you know, if we're going to use God smack for a thing, n- nobody directs Sully. Sully is directing everything because that's he's, first of all, he's, he's really fucking smart. He's got a real great way of like compartmentalizing what's going to happen and, and how it should be pieced together. But that said, like his personality, he's, he's just going to be the boss period. So you just learn like, all right, but his ideas are so awesome that you just, at that point, you help him keep them on track. So, you know, and and then on a day where it wouldn't be Sully, you know, then we go through our normal directing of like, all right, we're going to go meet with Shannon. What's going on with Shannon today? Oh, Shannon's performing surgery on a fish he's what so then you know <laughs> like what is it's not even far-fetched <laughs> that's, that's so believable like, it. it's oh my absolutely God. the truth i love him so i love
0: shannon so much man
2: so that that greatest. is that's the literal truth but then you say hey all right if that story is with shannon what you know how can we have a beginning middle and end and tie that off and then you know you have to create the scenarios and have them fall into it and you know, I'm not gonna bullshit. Like, if something funny happens, hold
0: on a second. I'm thinking about oh,
2: this. No, okay, wait, before Ben interrupts, I finish what you're saying. Uh, you know, if something, if we can make something better, like if something happened, and but it was a catalyst for, like, ha ha, that was awesome. Do it again. There's no like, there's no. You'll usually get it better the second time, and it's not like. It's not like it's 1972 and you're in Steely Dan and you're a fucking loser if you didn't play that drum all the way through. <laughs> it's not like that anymore, yeah. you know? We're not at that level. So that's, that's kind of what I wanted to say is like, you know, that's when you go direct. That's when you think of the future. That's when you make sure the story's being told before you shut it down. Cool. Sorry, Ben. You can I just want to get that thought up.
0: Well, I had a very interesting question based on what you were saying. So Shannon performed surgery on a fish. Did he do that? because of timing out of economic need because there was no veterinarian that could handle a fish with the problem it had or is a veterinarian the right term for a fish like how is shannon performing surgery why why is it him
2: i could tell you he didn't take it lightly. It's not like he was trying to be a no, jackass. No, I know.
0: What I'm just saying, is, was he the one that was like, because he's like,
2: dude, nobody knows how to deal with this type I of coy fish just, in this part of the world. Right, right. He researched the fuck out of it. He wanted to save his fish that was attacked by a bobcat, and it just so happened.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't mean to laugh. That's yeah. fucking
2: horrible. It is. And he loves his fishes and turtles, as you know. It's not a joke. Like, he fucking No, no, he them. fucking
0: loves them, dude. It's it's unbelievable, and I God yeah. bless him.
2: So you know, if, if you're going to do that and you might as well film it, <laughs> that's a, oh, that's a Did great, the fish a
0: survive. Point.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So he saved the
1: fish. You got to fucking- tune in to find out.
3: <laughs> oh my fucking I can't God. See this. Wow. Is it, are you, are you allowed to say when this is coming I, out? Or you know
2: what? At this point, it's all, it's all about being shopped and we don't know where it goes from here. Sure. You know? So again, I judge Jim on all the things he doesn't release yeah
3: <laughs> coming full circle
0: it may never even come out so all he might just to say you know what today my favorite color is green and so, move on
1: it's, a, it's actually it's a good point right. that you know in the music industry and and on the tv side there's so many projects that just never see the light of day you know the tip of the iceberg is the stuff you see on tv everything below the water is the stuff that people put hours and, and months and years into that never see the light of day um Can you talk, you know, at least generally about what goes on after you, you know, rap shooting on a project like that? Like, what is the process to try to get anything uh, to be put in front of people?
2: It's a constant battle with the producer to get time with the manager or the artist. And, you know, I'm lucky if I get into some of those calls, but the producer is really the boots on the ground guy. That's he's literally waiting. We're giving our assets to the label and then the producer or, or myself, we're waiting for those assets to be approved and given back to us so we can share them, you know, because that's, that's the job, right? Like you do a video, like whatever you did in the last three months was nonsense. Putting out that video for that day is how you promote your company or whatever. That's where we're at here. So that's kind of that's a lot of work. I have I spend did I tell you the other day? I told someone the other day, I've been paid to delete a video. Yeah, they paid me a thousand dollars to fucking make sure I put it in the bin and hit delete. It was a it was a <laughs> it was a metal blade band too. It was like it was and I, and to be honest, did you, honest, did you save a, a copy? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's not that bad. I'm like, fuck! I can't show anybody this. That's funny.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! I love actually. So Corey and I sometimes we've moonlit in in like a wedding like band like duo trio, and there's been so many times we've gotten paid to literally just sit there and do nothing. And then Corey gets mad because he holds himself to a high standard because he's like, well, we're being paid a lot of money right now. And I'm like, I'm just playing the same chords. He's like, I know you've missed every,
1: I don't know. You have severely turn- misunderstood my, <laughs> I am happy to get paid to do Jack shit. Uh,
2: <laughs> one uh, you of my be, favorite nights you you me the fact that you, that
1: you refuse to play more than one song for 27 minutes because you I don't, don't, wanna wanna <laughs> don't just, want to change the chord song i don't want it. I'm just bored that's that's all I'm complaining about
0: <laughs> you're bored about making money
1: I'm bored about, play, too, I'm bored we, we about we playing play- Canon and D for 27 minutes that's what oh gosh, I'm bored gosh, about that
3: sounds like my Bro,
0: <laughs> have you ever fucking watched the Grateful Dead they go an hour no with space just
4: sounds awful
2: I never would I'm with Corey. I wouldn't listen to that shit. But part of your part of your problem is even knowing what the fuck Canon and D is. So you're gonna have, to, you know, they you're gonna. Have- no,
0: and they don't care, and none of them listen. And you can literally play the same note the whole time, and all they go is, "Hey, was that the guy earlier giving us hors d'oeuvres? No, that was the guy playing piano. Oh, that's yeah. the DJ. They don't even fucking know what I do. Like nobody remembers that, but they'll remember that I played like Cardi B."
3: The life
2: of a dj <laughs> yeah it's awful and not to mention you didn't make one of those songs you're playing but you're taking all the credit i love that shit
0: none well no when i play piano for people i literally deliberately tell them i play whatever i want whenever i want whatever i want and no one's ever complained and if you have a problem with that don't hire me and literally no one had other than Corey has ever
2: complained i've heard ben say that before actually
3: that's about right.
0: It's it's true though. We've I've never the band has never gotten a bad review ever.
1: True. Ever. What's also funny is I've never complained unless I've been with Ben. <laughs>
0: yeah. But here's the thing. But but Corey makes money to do literally less other than but it's just as frustrating for him. I used to ask him to come be my my assistant, but he's way outgrown that. So he's just he's so happy. But we're do actually Corey. We get to do a, an hour in Newport. For for a cocktail hour, so just just so you yeah, know, when, it's gonna when be was it.
1: that wedding booked like four years ago? Like yeah, I know because
0: co- <laughs> hashtag COVID. Um, uh, the set list is um, "Perfect" by Ed Sheeran and Cannon and D
1: for an hour. Good. Sounds great. And maybe Can't we'll wait. play
0: some Amy Amy Winehouse. What's the name of that stupid song? What's the Amy Winehouse which, song which we play?
1: Or, which one do you want it to be?
2: You guys no, I'm are saying, way what's the, too highbrow for me. What's, <laughs> the, what's the one that
1: we
0: play all the time? Valerie. Valerie Valerie's the same Six chords f- Three chords Over and over and over and like dude They're beautiful chords And you can just play in for people And as long as you just look at them They're like Oh yeah This tuna tartare is delicious And Corey thinks There has to be more to it and It's like dude It's not about us being bored It's about them not knowing That we're bored
2: Hey Ben Can we get back to me? Yeah <laughs> We do Oh shit
1: <gasps> like I'm done Siobhan. uh, right. Siobhan's uh, like Nah man. Nope I'm out <laughs> Oh man, she computer crashed. She's trying to get back on. She'll be back shortly. She's try-
0: so, I, so I have, I have well, a question. Listen, we Jim. do only
1: have to, Ben. You can go, but we only have about ten minutes left. So just a heads up. Well, I
0: was gonna, I, I was gonna ask Jim an important question. So, so Jim, what? In, so you've obviously been a musician. You've been a, a producer or a director. Like you, you've worn many hats. What excites you now? Because like I know, even at the beginning of the neurotic guitarist, we were even us both. We have an excitement for wood, as we've said jokingly, but like we really do. We're excited about guitars, but like even then, like because I feel like we've already done so much with what we're doing that like I'm almost not as excited as I was. How do you stay excited and engaged, like when you're doing things at such a high level?
2: You know this because you do the same thing. It's about the future. Like the the thing that makes you get out of bed tomorrow is oh, I set myself up for some badass yesterday. That's it. That's that's literally it. Tomorrow is going to be awesome because there is some like just talking on on your level. We're doing a documentary with Les Paul and and all these not with Les Paul, but about Les Paul and some of these incredible things that have unearthed themselves with us. You know, it's effortless. And that's how I know it's right. That's how I know it's you know, we should well, be I doing. felt
0: Well, the first thing is I called
2: you and I felt obligated that we had to do it because just for the sake of
0: history. So like, that was really cool because, you know, it's always interesting when you could do something out of a need. And the fact is like, we actually encountered some history from Les Paul and upon talking to the people who kind of were like, you know, the gatekeepers to it. Um, it hadn't been archived and they didn't really fully understand it. And although they had enough knowledge to be dangerous, they, they were dangerous enough to not necessarily know like what they had. And that's, but listen,
2: that's the thing. So once you knocked on that door, universally speaking, you can't close that door. So now you got to see it through. That's really exciting. Knowing that, you know, there's a a Jimmy Page, Les Paul, that's going to be, you know, and in the scene, like an actual guitar, Jimmy Page's guitar, little shit like that. Like knowing that there's another job coming up in two weeks. That's like, it's dope. That's the stuff that's
0: knowing there's an Eddie Van Halen guitar waiting for us. It has a 26 inch scale. That's only one inch different than the Buckethead guitar. And you go, Eddie Van Halen played a guitar that
2: big. I have to know. Well, that, well, if you have to know that bad, then that's awesome. You're going to wake up tomorrow hoping to find out, you know, and that's kind of where Good I'm morning, San Diego. <laughs> that's where it is. We're going to go see it. Anyway. Anyway, Siobhan, that we were talking about, you know, I guess what drives you to do the next thing or whatever. And we're just talking about like, it's the future. It's what you set up today. So you can have something dope tomorrow to do. That's kind of, yeah,
3: absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's that. Yeah, I completely relate to that. I, I feel Is like, that why you use a BlackBerry, Siobhan. <laughs> I did once to use a BlackBerry and I'm sorry. Yeah, my computer decided to take a shit and crash completely. So I've Wait, I thought like you were laughing. on your
0: BlackBerry trying to Zoom.
3: I, honestly, I would if I could get a BlackBerry, I would go back and get one. I love my BlackBerry. But no, I to go back to what Jim was saying. Yeah, I, I feel like that's a huge even for me. I'm sure you guys all relate to it, too. It's. Yeah, constantly having that other thing that you're working on that will turn into the next thing. It's like always being a few steps ahead and, you know, having a variety of projects and not ever getting settled in just one thing. It's that That's what drives me for sure. If I if I get just one thing and that's it, I'm like, oh, no.
2: <laughs> but it, It's up on. to you at this point. You, you're allowed to say no to the things that aren't going to excite you now. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's kind of where we're at. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do that? No. Are you going <laughs> to? No, I'm not going to.
3: Like, yeah. a beautiful thing, the word. Yeah, no. and,
0: and then you say yes,
2: and then you're like, wow, the
0: show is number one in the world. It won an Emmy, really? Like, and everyone's telling you that you're like, oh, I just was just somebody's apartment once, like, I don't know, it was just a night. And you're like, oh, but it's Emmy award winning.
3: Well, I, one thing I'm thankful for, though, I, I think I have a pretty good instinct. You know, I get a vibe from people. And if it seems like something that's cool and the person's cool and I, I like, like how they flying across things. the country
0: to meet me for the first time without yeah, ever but, seeing me in person. But,
3: I, but that, that that was a choice that I made because I thought you were cool. And I think you're super creative and smart and intelligent. And yeah, I, same with everybody here. Go you know? on. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but do you know
2: the rest of your life, though, you will literally be saying, you know, Emmy. Award winning. Yeah, that's that is a part of your life now. <laughs> yeah, like like when um when I worked on that P.O.D. Satellite record that was nominated for Grammy. So now, even, man, I was a Pro Tools editor, but. Grammy nominated for Pro Pro Tools. Tools. <laughs> Yeah, You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So, so that's how this game works. Obviously. But Siobhan has
0: so many accomplishments. She's like, but I was already an equestrian by seven. I was a chess master by nine. I knew eight languages by 13. Why would I care about that, Jim? An Emmy? That's so pedestrian. It was about to give a
3: ph- phenomenal piece of advice, and you just polluted that whole thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I knew yeah. noted it. I curb stomped yeah. it like American History X.
3: Well, you can go on if you're able to recover from that. I don't even know.
2: <laughs> no, but that's, you know, those are the little to kind of recap those are the things we go for i think if if you can you can i'm not knocking people who work at a bank or whatever but you can do that would be wonderful but or you can wake up fuck paul or you can wake up (laughs) or you can wake up and be like jesus christ how can i get in touch with axel rose today and i want you know that's like you it's a mentality you know that's it yeah once again,
1: thanks for kind of hanging with us and sharing, you know, your story and what you've been up to. It's, it's fascinating. It's always good to see people, especially, you know, people we know and people from this area that are killing it. Um, so we're going to continue to follow you and see what you're doing. We look forward to seeing uh, the stuff you have coming out. Obviously, keep, keep us informed and we'll be happy to post and share with our seven to nine listeners and viewers. And um,
0: Siobhan, you and Brock need to come on the Neurotic Guitarist. Like, that's a yeah. thing.
3: So yeah, like gonna do, Brock would be great. I mean, Brock is a super guitar yeah. nerd and gear and everything. But, he will but hold on.
0: This. Explain this because I've said, like I've tried to explain this Brock and I together is just a funny thing. Cause first off Brock's like six foot nine and <laughs> that with his spiky hair, like with his hair all spiked up or whatever. And he's like this really nice Midwestern, even keel, even tempo, very relaxed. And I'm just like, you know, I make coffee nervous and like, Definitely the first 10 times he met me, which was just like, I don't understand this guy's energy, but like <laughs> he and I together would be hysterical. And then you and Cindy it just, it. I just feel like you're both like, it's just so, it would be hilarious. And then we have to have Anne-Marie. Because oh, yeah. Anne-Marie and Pino, like if Pino's not peeing on the carpet, it's not a show.
3: Oh God, there always has to be drama. That's for sure. It'd be well, great. Anne-Marie, I, 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 you can just look- say her name.
1: We look forward to This week to with
3: Marie! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Check out red13studios.com. Uh, and Jim, any other places people should fi- find you? Where, where can they, just, they go there to hire you? Any other social media?
2: Uh, yeah, don't go anywhere to hire me. Don't hire me. <laughs> uh, Jim. <laughs> hire, hire your studio. Yeah. Yeah. And your uh, producers. Yeah, you can hit up. At, you can connect with Red 13 if you need a video or you want to. Uh, record or anything honestly we do marketing bullshit too it never stops yeah yeah man that's it that's <laughs> it the dot <laughs> com. jim we've been working hard on that yeah yes benny back to me okay <laughs> back to
3: me exactly He's that learned. is you there go.
1: all right well, well once again appreciate your time Check out 2020-D.com. If you didn't see part one for some reason, I don't know why you're watching part two, but go back and check out part one with Jim Foster. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you for checking out this episode of 2020. Please visit 2020-D.com. Like and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on future episodes. This week's throwback clip is from episode 101 featuring Jimmy Bell of Autograph. Check it out.
4: Uh, So anyway, I do my audition with Ozzy ozzy comes on uh the next day ozzy comes in we we uh change uh studios and we go to a big studio had a massive stage on it and uh i did uh five songs including a guitar solo and i sit down with them after and they said uh well jimmy here's the deal it's between you and zach and you know if they didn't like me they didn't have to you know say that but they said it's between you and zach And they took me out to dinner at this really exclusive place. I went back to Ozzy's Bungalow. Then Brandy Castile took me to uh, the Troubadour. It was just an amazing uh, experience. Uh, But then I was on a plane on, on the plane home the next day and